Hi, welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Goodman. I'm a certified life coach and a mom to three teens and a tween. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens yet keep firm boundaries? Do you know that you can do all of this without yelling and feeling frustrated? Here in this podcast, you will find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's go. Hi, Cheryl. Thank you for being on my podcast today. It's so nice to talk to you. I'm so excited to see you in per face-to-face, Kristen. I mean, I know. wise, right? <laughs> yes. I've followed you for a long time, a couple of years at least. Yeah, same. So, same. so yeah, this is awesome. And so I want to share stories on my podcast um, of real moms with real struggles. And I'm so excited to hear your story because I love what you share. And so I want you to take us back to where your parenting journey started before you were sharing all of this helpful information with everyone. Like, where did it start for you? Okay. Well, I'm a mom of five kids, ages 11 to almost 22. So I've been doing this for a long time. And I say, you're parenthood experience, you add up all the ages of your kids. And that's how many years of parenting experience you've had, right? Because every child <laughs> is so different. So I've had yeah. like 78 years of experience in parenting. Oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, you know, so I guess my parenting journey started 22 years ago. Um, and I have always loved learning about parenting. My degree is in marriage and family development. Uh, I, it was an emphasis in early childhood development. So I've taught preschool and been the director of a child care center and um, just always been fascinated at uh, family dynamics and, um, you know, um, encouraging moms. I, uh, a few years ago, I got involved with the Power of Moms organization and taught some of their retreats. Anyway, I would say that my real life parenting journey probably started 10 years ago. Okay. Um, that's when I started to realize that we were on a challenging path with okay. one of my kids. And that's when things got real. That's when I realized, oh, maybe I'm not the great mom that, you know, my first two were very compliant and obedient and did what I said and didn't make noise at church and things like that. And then all of a sudden I realized that was their personality right. that was a, as a mom. Yeah. And it kind of helped me start to separate my kids' behavior from what I did as a mom. Yeah. And it's interesting how we learn that when our children are not doing the things we want them to do. Right. We have to take a look at this. Like, uh, we have other kids who did what we wanted them to do. And, yeah. and so then it kind of throws you. Yeah. When you have a kid who looks at you and is like, you ask them to do something and they say, no, no way. <laughs> and it's kind of like, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, you have to reevaluate your thoughts of what being a mom was, you know, use, I thought, oh, I'm going to kind of push, put them on a path that I want them on. And you, I thought I had more control than I do. Yeah. And I think that's an important lesson to learn. It's been important for me to learn because, um, 
it can be really challenging as a mom to have those kids who kind of push those boundaries and make choices that you're not really thrilled with because sometimes you feel like it's reflecting on you as a parent. Right. Right. I love how you said you have to reevaluate. So how did you do that? What, what did you do when you realized, oh, I've got to reevaluate. Take me through a little bit about that process. Well, I was kind of forced to, because what I wasn't doing was not working. Yeah. And what I was doing was trying to control everything. And that was ruining a relationship with a child. And so I had to learn to let go of that control. I actually had a conversation with Georgia Anderson, who's an awesome parent coach. Yeah. Yeah. um, She was asking me about this uh, particular incident and particular child. And at the end of our conversation, she said, well, it looks like you have a choice. You can stand in his way, in his path, and try and prevent and try and control and do all these things. And he's going to bulldoze right over you. Or you can walk alongside him, build a relationship with him, coach him, guide him, and let him know you'll be there for him no matter what happens. You have to make that choice right now, what's going to happen. And that was several years ago. And that has been really life-changing for us is to just go alongside them on their path because I have several children who are making different choices than I would want and so we had to make that choice are we going to stand in their way and try and control everything or are we going to walk alongside them and have a relationship yeah I love that that's beautiful and it really helps me see like that's how as a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints I think that's how that's Christ-like parenting you're walking beside like that's how I feel like I'm directed and guided is you know, God is walking beside me. Yeah, so, well, so we have that line in that important song. I'm a child of God. It says, lead me, guide me, walk beside me. It doesn't say control me, <laughs> stop me, you know, all of these yeah. things. That's kind of the guidance that we have with God is he guides us and leads us. He's there if we want him to be, but he doesn't force us into making choices that he knows are better for us. Right. I may still know what's better for my kids and the choices they're making, but forcing them doesn't do any good. Yeah. So what did that look like for you when you decided to walk beside your kids? And that doesn't, cause that it sounds so beautiful because yeah, I know right? I can relate to this. Right. And it sounds so beautiful. But when you're in it and your child is, you have to kind of let go of that control. And then your child does make those choices and you're walking beside them. It kind of is a lot of letting go. And that can be hard. And it's not easy. Right. It's really, it's really difficult to let go and watch them make these choices that you don't agree with. Um, You know, it can be painful. Um, and so I think you just have to keep coming back to the, one of my parenting mantras is the relationship is most important. And so I think a lot of letting go is realizing that our, our biggest influence, our biggest superpower is that love and the relationship that we have. Um, if we're ever going to have influence on them, we have to have that relationship. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's what I strive so hard to have with my own kids is having that influence. And then you have to establish that trust though, and not always tell them what to do or what you're thinking about what they're doing. It's kind of just getting curious about what it is that they're going through. Exactly. Well, and one thing that I've learned is you meet them where they're at. 
You know, mm-hmm. we have one kid who didn't want to come out of his room for months on end. He's come home from school, go right to his room, didn't want to come up for family dinner, uh, didn't really want to interact with the family much at all. And so I would take dinner to him. I would go down and sit on his bed and rub his back because back rubs can be magical. Yeah. Uh, if you have a child who likes touch, I have another yeah, child yeah, yeah. who doesn't like touch. Right. Um, but just kind of figuring out where they're at and meeting them there. Um, you have to put away some of your preconceived notions. Well, you will be at family dinner. That's nice, but you can't really make them come up. And if they, you do make them come up, are they going to be a pleasant participant? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Make family dinner miserable for the rest of the family. Right. So I think meeting them where they're at and just dropping your own agenda of what you think it should look like is really important. Yeah. And not taking it personal. It doesn't sound like you took it personal when they didn't want to come to dinner, when they wanted to stay in their room. You well, were, it's easy to take it personally. I've worked right. hard for making this family dinner for yeah. everybody and I want everybody to appreciate it. Yeah. And really it's not about you. And I think you have to look deeper as to what is the real issue here? What is really going on? It's probably not about your dinner. Right. That's insightful. That's been happening at school. It's been something that's happening with friends. It's, um, you know, for us, it's been mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And so I think you can't just look at those behaviors that are driving you crazy. If there's something chronic going on, you have to look at what's really going on. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know that you do share that you're very open with sharing that you do have children who struggle with mental illness. Mm -hmm. And I know that there will be other moms who are maybe wondering is, does my child have a mental illness or is this normal child behavior? How, what would you say are some good tips for making that distinction? Or what would you tell a mom to do if they have that thought? What if my child has a mental illness? First of all, I would say to trust your intuition, trust your gut. Um, Because I have actually a few kids, actually all five of my kids struggle at at some extreme or another. I mean, some are fairly mild and then we have pretty extreme. Um, but all of them struggle at some point or another. And so, um, I remember a few years ago, my daughter, she's my only daughter. I have four sons and a daughter. Uh, she about eight or nine, her emotional reactions to situations would just explode and be huge and big. And people would say to me, Oh, she's just a girl. You're not used to girl emotions. Girls feel things big and express it and whatever. And that just didn't sit right with me. And then somebody else told me she's just being a brat, which I hate that word, by the way. Yeah. And she's trying to manipulate you. And that didn't sit right with me. And in my gut, I knew it was something else. And finally, talking to a um, school social worker, she said, Oh, she's got anxiety. She's got clinical anxiety. That's where all of this is coming from. And it was such a relief to realize the, what we were dealing with and that we could do something about this, but that I had trusted that this wasn't just an emotional girl. This yeah. was way more than that. So I would say, you know, normal teenage angst, sometimes kids don't want to come out of their rooms. Sometimes they're moody. Sometimes they're angry, emotional, etc. All of those things are normal, right? Um, and so I would say to look at the duration of the mood, the, the behaviors, et cetera, and the intensity. Um, 
If it's happening for more than two weeks, they don't want to come out of their room. They're not sleeping well. They're not eating normally or they're eating more than they normally do. Um, all of these types of things are, or their lack of motivation is another huge one. They're not wanting to do the things that they normally love to do. Like I, my son loves football, is passionate about football. And when he started losing that drive to go to football, something's up. Yeah. And so I think those are things to watch for. Um, and if a medical provider or a therapist or anyone pushes you off and you still feel it deeply in your gut, find somebody that will listen to you. That's good advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. So when did you decide to share your story and start helping other parents? Well, it's interesting because I started a, a Instagram account, oh, probably three and a half years ago, uh, just kind of encouraging families and moms. It was just kind of this hobby um, because I've always loved to do that. I've always loved to teach moms and encourage them. And uh, I remember probably two years ago, I was talking with some friends who were also doing things on Instagram and they were like, okay, what's your focus? Cause there's a lot of mom accounts out there and what's your focus. And I remember thinking and saying to them, I think I want to focus on mental health because we're dealing with that so much in our home, but I did, I wanted to preserve the privacy of my kids. Yeah. And so that's a tricky balance to find, but um, I have asked permission for my kids to share their stories and they've given it to me mostly. I don't share a lot of nitty gritty things, but I share in general that we deal with mental illness because when we started dealing with this, there were no resources. Well, there weren't no resources. There were very few resources to find. Yeah, it's hard, hard to find, find information and a community of people who you can share that nitty gritty stuff with yeah. and they <clears throat> get it because there wasn't anyone that we felt like we could talk to about it. So that's why I started it and um, hoping to provide that community and the resources for families who are dealing with this because it can be really lonely and painful. Yeah, I love that you do. And just kind of getting rid of the stigma that something's mm -hmm. wrong because I, I believe it's the same thing as like, if your child has a broken arm, you're going to take them somewhere to get it fixed. You're not going to just tell them to, well, heal your arm, rest and Suck and, it up. You know, right. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and let's yeah, go. Exactly. You, you will find a solution, take them to, to a professional to get help. And so when we remove the stigma around it, uh -huh. that this is such a big problem or it's embarrassing, I think that right. is so helpful. Well, and I think a really important thing in, within our own family, within our own kids is to not put a stigma on them in our family. Um, oh, yeah. Because I think when we can get like, well, you would, you, you know, you just need to go to school or you just need, you know, all of these things, they really can't, you know, sometimes when you are depressed, you can't get out of bed. It feels impossible when you are anxious, it feels impossible to interact with friends or to do what the things that you need to do. I have a, my youngest has pretty severe anxiety and he loves playing the piano, but going to piano lessons became a anxiety trigger for him. And so we just quit piano for a while. We'll go back to it. But um, I think being empathetic and sensitive to them and really educating yourself about what's really going on so that you don't just assume they don't want to do this. They don't want to practice. They don't want to go to school but realizing it's something that they really feel like they cannot do. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so because I'm, I'm not, um, I don't know a lot about mental illness and parenting mm -hmm. a child through mental illness, but I have coached parents who do have children that struggle with depression. Mm -hmm. And so I can coach them as far as their thoughts about it and how they're feeling about it and empower them. But at the same time, what would your advice be to a mom who has a child that's struggling with depression, that doesn't want to get out of bed, doesn't want to go to school. I mean, I can coach them to, you know, feel peace and acceptance and curious and, and all of those emotions that will help them love their child. Mm -hmm. Um, but then they still want to know what to do. So I know like, where's that line between, okay, they're struggling with depression. They can't get out of bed. And so that's okay. We can let them stay in bed. When do you, when do you try to help them out of that? I guess that's my question of, do they get to decide? Do you just let your child decide? And when they feel better, they will. And so you can just step back and let them, or when okay. do you, when do you step in? I think, um, you have to seek that professional help. They should be going to therapy very regularly. They should okay. be, if they are struggling with depression that much that they can't get out of bed, they probably need to be on medication and there's no stigma in that medication game. Right. Okay. Um, they, and there still may be days that they can't get out of bed, but it, if they are, can't get out of bed regularly and things they need more intense professional help. And, you know, I mean, this is the name of my podcast. I would tell that mom to fight like a mother and get her that. child the help that they need and do some family therapy with your child, we have do family therapy, my husband and I with our kids so that the therapist can help coach us, help can help the child here so that we set boundaries, we set not rules, but things that we can do to help them so that we're all bought into this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> acceptance is important and love for your child is important, but also um, understanding what's going on and getting the additional help that they need. Yeah. Have you ever seen a child who doesn't want the help? They don't want to take the medication. They don't Absolutely. want to go to therapy. My own kids. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that's where I like your, you know, the name of your podcast. I can see why you, you felt so strongly to name it that fight yeah. like a mother, because it I think you, do. you have to dig deep and, it and named fight itself. for them. Like that. It just came to me and I was like, oh, that's it. Um, but, um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, that's okay. We were talking about the name of your podcast, Fight Like a Mother, because you do have to fight for your child because they might not want to. They might help. not want to. Well, and here's the thing that we've said with our kids, and this isn't a threat. This isn't done in a threatening way, but we've said to our kids, if you had a heart condition, we would not allow you to go out and play sports, go out with your friends, et cetera, if you weren't willing to get treated because it's life or death. Okay. It's the same with mental health. You, this can be life or death. I mean, with one of our kids, it has been life or death to get the treatment, to get the medication, et cetera. And so we treat it like any other illness in our home because it is, it is a physical illness because it's your brain. Yeah. It just happens to be, I don't know why we have such a stigma around brain illness and we don't with anything else. It's not their fault. It's not something you've done as a parent. And I really want to emphasize that, that it's not your fault as a parent. It's nothing you've done. Yeah. And this is hard, heavy stuff. And, um, you know, we just, 
therapy is necessary, find a therapist that your child connects with. Because once we did that, we had much less pushback on going to therapy. Um, but yeah, medication is just part of being able to live a full healthy life and do all the things you want to. Medication is part of that. Now that doesn't mean we don't have battles sometimes. Right. Um, and as they get older, sometimes they battle even harder. And as they turn, you know, get older and turn 18, you really have to drop the control. Yeah. I mean, even as they turn 16, 17, they need to start taking that control themselves and realizing that this really does help me live a full, healthy life. Right. Oh, I love that. You've shared so much helpful information. I know parents will really learn a lot from you and just how to like what to do if they have a child who's struggling and how they can, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in, in thinking, empowering thoughts mm -hmm. to help you, you know, come up with the best, best actions to parent mm -hmm. your kids. So you've definitely shared a lot of empowering thoughts. Well, and let me just say also that there are times I know I've researched a lot. I've read a lot. I've, um, you know, become an advocate and educator for mental health. There are times I don't know what to do. And you're going to come across that. And because you aren't a professional, because mental health is tricky and it is heavy and challenging. And it's okay if you don't know what to do. It's okay yeah. to seek out that help and ask your therapist, your psychiatrist, your doctor, I don't know what to do from here um, because it is tricky. And so it's okay to admit, I don't know what, what to do right now, but right. you continue on. It doesn't mean you stop. You continue on until you find the answer. Yeah, I agree. So what, what, um, have you noticed as you've been sharing, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about judgment and us as moms judging other parents or mm -hmm. feeling judged ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I want to touch on that a little bit. Did you ever feel judged as you were parenting your kids? hundred percent. Yes. Yes. And it gets tricky with a child with additional challenges, not just mental illness. My, my son has Tourette syndrome. And so um, in addition to his mental illness, he has tics. He, um, you know, blurts out inappropriate things at school, um, you know, things like that. And so absolutely there's been, we, I've dealt with a lot of judgment over the years and even some people who are well-meaning have sent us a parenting book. Um, you know, people have told us we need to have tough love, all these types of things. And until you're in it, you have no idea. Right. And so I want to let those parents know who have felt judged that you're not alone, but you just have to do what you know is right for your child. You are their parent for a reason. And it has this experience. One of the things that this experience has taught me is I have dropped judgment for all parents. Yeah. And that's, what's so important. And that's a message I really want to share and get out for other parents to, to figure out how they can drop the judgment too. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not easy, especially when it comes from close people close to you. It's not easy. And, um, you know, what I would say is you have to get to a place in your own life where you realize that the answers for your child come from within you and your own intuition and that those other people, they are probably well-meaning. Some people aren't well-meaning when they judge you, but that's their problem. Yeah. Um, and, but when somebody close to you is judging you, they're probably well-meaning and they're probably trying to help, but they're not living it. Right. 
And until you're living it as the parent, you just really don't know. And so just assuming that everybody's doing their best and they might be struggling instead of judging, maybe you could say, Hey, how could I help you? Yeah. Offering help or respite or something. Even just else. kind words and a smile, like, Hey, hang in there. I know this is tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot you can do other than judgment to help support these, a family member who's struggling. Yeah. Thank you for that. I think a lot, um, what I like to tell myself is when someone says something that I take offense to, it's like, thank you for your feedback. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, you can thank them for sharing their opinion with you and not feel like you need to accept their advice or take it personally. I have a friend, I have a friend who says, sorry, that was my, Oh, that's okay. (laughs) I have a friend who says, Oh, well, that's a possibility. You know, instead of, you know, she'll just say, oh, that's a possibility. And she said, and it's sometimes maybe they say something that might help. Sometimes it's not helpful at all, but, oh, okay. That's a possibility. I also like to have the thoughts in my mind. What other people think of me is none of my business. Right. Because really they, they just don't know what's going on in your life and in your home and with your family and with your child. And so they may be judging you and your, and, or your child. And you just have to get to a point where you can say they don't understand. Right. And I like that statement, just making a statement back like that, like, Oh, that's a possibility. Instead of feeling defensive, like you have to explain yourself or share and try to convince them why they should see things differently. Because right. then I feel like sometimes you're giving people information or sharing things that are, that are close to you and important to you. And not everyone deserves, deserves exactly. that. You have to decide who's a safe person that's going to take what you are sharing and not share it with other people Yeah, and not use it to judge you or weaponize it against you. So, you know, there's a few safe people I have in my life that I share the stuff, all the nitty gritty stuff with. And other people, I just, you know, they can be supported from a distance. Yeah. That's good advice right there. Okay. So tell my listeners where they can find you, how they can work with you. Um, all of the things, because I know that you have so much value and information to share. Okay. I am on Instagram, just under my name, Cheryl Cardall. Uh, also there's an account fight like a mother podcast that you can find me under, um, it just has the podcast things. The other one has parenting, uh, you know, information and advice. And um, then my website is fightlikeamotherpodcast.com. And I am starting a parenting membership June 1st for parents who are have kids who are struggling. Uh, we are going to talk a lot about how to look beyond the behaviors and figure out what's really going on with our kids. And how to strengthen ourselves to be able to parent these kids. Cause it's not easy. It's really wears you down. Yeah. So, yeah. You need lots of support for lots sure. Of support. So uh, you can get that information on my Instagram account um, for that. It's called parents rising is that group. So, and my podcast is fight like a mother podcast. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for sharing today. Thank I loved you, talking with you. I loved this conversation and I'm excited to share it. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I am so grateful you're here. I'm excited to announce that my group coaching course is now open for enrollment. 
you will get access to seven videos and eight live coaching sessions all over eight weeks. You will learn and apply actionable tools that will help you be a more confident and decisive parent. And because us moms like to put everyone else's needs before our own, you'll also learn how to set your own personal goals and actually achieve them. Send me an email at kristengoodman at parentinginthemiddle.com to get on the interest list. You can also find more information on my show notes or on my Instagram page at Kristen Goodman Coaching. I can't wait to see you there.